Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome back to this installment of Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges. I'm joined with Pastor by Pastor Rich Burkle and Pastor Daniel Bennett. And I'm a little tongue-tied because we're talking about the return of Christ, the coming of the Lord. This session is distinguished from an earlier session where we talked about the rapture of the church, which would be uh, an appearance of Christ to those who are his, catching them up together in the clouds. But this is specifically dealing in this segment with the actual return of Christ coming uh, to earth to rule uh, for a period that is often known as a millennium or the millennial kingdom. Now, as I introduce that time period, men, uh, there are some different theories as to uh, the timing or the time period of Christ's reign on earth, uh, known as millennial theories. Uh, we have a premillennial theory, which uh, means that Christ would return before the millennial reign, a postmillennial theory, which means that Christ would return following the millennial kingdom, and finally an all-millennial reign or an all-millennial return. Uh, explain to me what is meant by all-millennialism, first of all. So all through the scripture, we have the idea of a king and a kingdom. Uh, and there's going to be a coming king, and he's going to have a kingdom. And so that sets the idea of this kingdom of God that is yet to come. We know that this world is really messed up. It's not uh, expressing God's original design as a result of sin. And so when will it? And all of human history then is this conflict, these, these, this kingdom of this world, the kingdom of God in conflict. And, um, and so we get the idea of a millennium. From Revelation 20, it's the only passage in all the Bible that speaks about a thousand years. So uh, this idea of a kingdom is spoken of often throughout Old and New Testament, but only in Revelation 20 do we have the idea that this kingdom is going to last, an earthly kingdom is going to last 1,000 years. And so uh, we find that uh, Jesus in Revelation 20 seizes the devil and binds him for a thousand years. He throws him to a pit. 4,000 years, and the rest of the dead don't come to life until a 1,000 years were ended. This is the first resurrection, and uh, Revelation 20, verse 6 says that blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such people, the second death has no power. They'll be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a 1,000 years. And so the idea is, is that when Jesus returns, he's going to establish a kingdom here on earth, and that those saints who have been resurrected uh, will reign with Christ. So we'll return with Christ and we'll reign with Christ over a physical, literal kingdom. So there are some who believe that that kingdom that's to come is completely spiritual. So all the descriptions of it in the Old and New Testament all re- make reference to spiritual things that take place in the world today. So spiritually, we are reigning right now 
over the kingdom of this earth, and that everything else becomes a symbol. So it's a very – amillennialism uh, places symbols on almost everything that's described. Um, post-millennialism then, as you mentioned, is the belief that our world is going to get better and better and better until finally it's ready for the king. In other words, it's it's ready to ex- open our arms and embrace the king. And uh, um, and that has a view, a very positive view of how the gospel will have an effect upon the world uh, until the until Jesus returns. It believes that the gospel is just going to take root all over the world, and and a lot of people who believe in post millennialism are more charismatic in nature because it's prone to seeing revival and seeing demonstrations of God's spirit, and and is very enamored with large crowds. Okay. And so because that's proof of their theology, looks at the percentage of people in the world that would identify themselves as Christians and would say, well, that must mean that we're progressing in, in our gospel. Right. Right. Witness. So again, to clarify that that millennium or 1,000-year reign is really not a literal 1,000 years. It's a spiritualized in the same sense that all mill is, but it believes that we're in it now. That's what it seems to be, although some may even have a literal 1,000-year that, that – a time frame in which this has begun and ends, and, and obviously it's been two thousand years since Christ uh, has have uh, has uh, left, ascended into heaven. But so I'm not exactly even sure uh, whether all post millennialists would say that's not a literal thousand years or not. Okay. But pre millennialism, then, uh, which is what uh, I hold to, and you guys hold to, is is the belief that. Uh, Jesus is going to come. The world's going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, people deceive and be deceived. They'll right. be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And you know, Jesus' words: "Will there be faith at the end? At the end of time, will there even be faith on the earth?" Yeah. You know, right. it's just it's it's moving in a direction away from God. And at at some specific point, God says, "It's time for me to put an end to the kingdom of darkness once and for all." And so he returns, and uh, there's this great battle. It's a short battle. It's a battle won by Christ. Um, all those oppose him, all nations and individuals oppose him, are uh, destroyed, um, killed. And then he establishes a literal kingdom upon a literal throne. He is in the line of David, and he's establishing the throne of David, over which from from the, the nation of Israel he, he rules the whole world. Right. Okay. There's also a distinction sometimes drawn among those who would call themselves premillennialist between uh, historic premillennialism, easy for me to say, and and post and or and and, and dispensational premill. And uh, kind of my understanding of the distinction between the two, and it's not always exact. I think even some dispensationalists have have begun you know progressive dispensationalists have become to be more and more historic in, in some ways but uh dispensationalists would see a, a a very clear line of distinction between Israel and the church and would also generally be pre-trib and not and not post-trib which we've talked about in in an earlier session mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and so that would be a literal uh, in the, in the premillennial view it would be a literal 1000 year reign of Christ in which those who uh, have believed would rule with him, would reign over an earthly kingdom. Um, when does Christ uh, denote that that would happen? Uh, in 
Matthew 24, he begins to talk about, uh, in reference to one of the questions the disciples ask, what will be the sign of your coming? What, what will the world be like before he comes, immediately before he comes? Well, yeah. We believe it comes on the heels of, of the tribulation. Okay. And uh, during that time, uh, God has, has dealt with the world and specifically has has had in his purpose to redeem Israel and bring them back to himself. And so in the millennial kingdom, uh, we believe that many of the promises God made to ethnic Israel are, are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so your hermeneutic or your, your philosophy of how to interpret Scripture really affects what you believe about the millennial kingdom as well. And so a person who believes that the Old Testament prophecies are more prophetic are more uh, uh, allegorical or, or uh, not necessarily literal prophecies is is going to not necessarily be pre-mill, but a person who believes that what God said was going to happen to Israel, to Judah, uh, that those things are going to be literally fulfilled. Some of those things haven't been fulfilled yet, and so we believe that in the millennial kingdom, uh, many of the prophetic things that God has said about his people will come to pass. All right. Yeah, and you're right to point out Matthew 24 is a key chapter uh, relating to the second coming of Christ. Uh, Jesus says, For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. He says, At that time, during this time of great distress, and we talked about that last session regarding the tribulation, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, don't believe it. And then skipping down to uh, from verses 21 and 23, skipping down to verse 29 then, immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, the heavenly bodies will be shaken, and at that time the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth are worn. They will all see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with great power and glory. And so what we have here is uh, first the idea it's it's after uh, Jesus is clearly giving some time markers, and if you trace trace that through Mark 13 and Luke 21, he's using those those gospels also include these same time markers mm-hmm. about first there's this great distress, then after this distress, this is what happens, and when Jesus does come again, it's it's very evident. Jesus is saying all the nations of the earth are going to see it. It's not going to be a secret second mm-hmm. coming. The mm-hmm. first was secret. You know, it was in this little remote place, off in an area where very few people could see. But the second coming of Jesus is going to be evident so that uh, uh, everyone will will take notice that uh, the Son of Man has come. That's good. It's also a time when the, um, the fullness of Gentiles comes to a completion and, and God returns his attention to, to Israel and Romans 11 talks about the mystery that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I, when I take away their sins. And so if, so if a person believes that that is describing ethnic Israel, and I think that it is, then they're generally going to tend to be premillennialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. – uh, in Revelation 1, 7, uh, John describes his vision of this time as well. He says, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, mm. and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. 
And uh, the idea is, is that he's coming in judgment. He's coming also to establish his kingdom. <laughs> but all the earth that, that's uh, around at this end time, the, the, those last days of the tribulation, are going to mourn when they see him. They realize it's it's over now. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 uh, the the king has come, and and he's coming in wrath, and he's coming to establish his kingdom, and our kingdom is is over. And we were wrong. We were wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. In Matthew 24, uh, beginning in verse 36, it it talks about uh, judgment of taking away. Uh, Sometimes this is confused with uh, the rapture, and then uh, folks jump to a uh, post-tribulational rapture because of the timing as it characterizes sequential action through the chapter. It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angel of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone, nor, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in the, those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken away. One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Uh, post-tribulation rapture folks say, see, there is the rapture of the church. However, if you look carefully at that, that, uh, those who were taken away in the day of Noah uh, were those who were taken away in judgment. And so the return of Christ will be a time of taking away of judgment. And so that uh, is not a picture of rapture for a post-tribulational rapture, but rather a picture of the judgment that would be consistent with those carried away in the day of Noah. And so that helps us to understand that uh, as we place the timing of the rapture, that it wouldn't be a post, but rather a pre still. Um, uh, we're, we're going to get uh, into uh, the, the millennial character in another session, but uh, what would the amillennialists say is the, is the purpose of a millennial reign, even if it's characterized by now. Say, say that again. How how, how, how would a, how would an all millennialist characterize uh, what happens during the millennium versus how you and I might see it as a time of God fulfilling His promises, His blessings that He's made, because all of them are Amen in Christ. So, how, how would they interpret? The events that we see taking place in the millennium. Right. When do they see them taking place, or how? Right, right. So I would I would assume that that um, and and Rich pointed this out to me in an earlier discussion that I get I get ah mill and post mill confused very easily sometimes. But so I would assume that perhaps they would say something about that the things that we're seeing Christ do in in his reign. Uh, one take place spiritually. You know, he reigns over our hearts, or he he reigns in in a spiritual sense. And then, in the eternal state, he would he would reign. But that's that's really not how Jesus describes things in the gospel. It's not think about Psalm twenty four. Uh, the, the psalmist looks forward to a, a literal physical reign. The the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. Uh, lift lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And so uh, I, I think this does relate to the the appearance of the millennium kingdom and the, the appearance of, of Christ, his second return. There's there's this 
there's this uh, appearance of, of Christ as, as he returns to establish his kingdom that I think is hard for the person who who doesn't uh, take a literal interpretation of the millennium. It's, it's hard for them to account for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think they would probably say that all those the, – the purpose of the millennial kingdom, and again, they wouldn't hold – an amillennialist would not hold that it's a thousand year or that it's literal in any ways – is just to to reveal the rule of God on the earth, and it's a spiritual rule until the end of time, until there's judgment and then the end comes. And so they don't see, again, the importance or significance of God fulfilling promises that he made to a specific nation uh, regarding a place here on earth, and even more generally, they don't see a need... I can say this fairly to to have this earth and a a national presence of of God ruling this earth uh rather in a in a physical real way right. it's it's real but it's spiritual is what they would say right. completely spiritual that's good so so where whereas again as I understand scripture we see God um dominating not only the spiritual realm of this earth but we see him dominating, showing his kingship over the physical creation that he made. Right, right. That's good. That's good. Apparently, Augustine, Augustine was one of the uh, proponents of a all millennial view, and and it was characterized by his work, the City of God, where uh, God's program is being worked out through his people, consistent with uh, how Genesis would characterize the. Uh, the the righteous line versus the unrighteous uh, lineage. So, well, we're going to talk more about the millennial kingdom, but in all of its splendor in an upcoming uh, session. So uh, we appreciate you joining us for Revive the Drive, and and, uh, we hope that uh, we've helped you to think through the millennial reign, and uh, we trust that you'll join us again to hear more about that reign and the upcoming session. God bless.